What's going on out there in crypto land? I'm Phil. This is the Fun with Crypto podcast. We're in season two and this is episode four. All right, so uh, let's get started. Just want to thank everybody who gave a lot of, you know, who gave me feedback on the interview with uh, DT last week. It appears that we got a lot of really positive feedback from that interview and people really liked our, uh, you know, our discussion and the, uh, the discussion points. So thank you very much. And um, I am going to be, uh, I have lined up some other interviews, so those will be coming uh, probably in the next, uh, let's say, three weeks or so. I uh, should have another interview coming up. But uh, for this week, we're going to uh, just go back to our uh, our regular format, and uh, there's some pretty cool developments out there. And I posted a poll on Twitter for... Uh, just to find out if people were interested in seeing my um, my lightning numbers, I was going to uh, essentially what I've been doing for the last ten days is compiling the um, the amounts of BTC that I have in the BTC node on the uh, on on the uh, the Kazahodl node. Sorry, in my BTC wallet on the Kazahodl node, and uh, I've also been compiling the numbers that essentially the amount of BTC per channel because it changes. It changes from day to day. I wouldn't be surprised if it changes from minute to minute. I don't really know what the interval is, but um, anyways, it, it definitely changes. So um, we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of just discuss that and I'm going to be posting those numbers uh, on a, uh, you know, on a, I guess on Twitter and uh, I'll not going to post a link to it in this show notes, but when I do come out with the numbers, I will end up posting it and re-mentioning it um, when I do put them out. Because I, I do want to gather more data first before I post them. Because right now, there's there's only 10 days worth of data. It's not really much. I kind of want to post them out so that you know we could put together some graphs and show some patterns of either increasing value or decreasing value or whatever it is. But you know, just to give people an idea of what's going on with the uh, with the traffic on a lightning node. Anyways, um, well, we probably already discussed it, so that's not going to be coming up. Um, anyways, so besides the uh, besides the lightning nodes, uh, what else here? So in case uh, anybody hasn't been following, there is the Blockstream Satellite API um, that has come out. And if anybody, I mean, if nobody understands what that is, I'll obviously post a link to it in the show notes. And essentially what it is, is, is that Blockstream has put, I believe it's five or six satellites in orbit and if I'm not mistaken, you can currently, I, I believe that only, um, they can only send data down. Um, there is not, there, there isn't two-way communications, um, but essentially what it is, is, is that the API, it's using the, uh, the RESTful API, and we have, which is, uh, I mean, it's, it's an X, it can be edited in, in, X, in an XML editor. Um, not that I can get so technical about it, I only know uh, a surface amount because I troubleshoot um, a product that uses these type of configuration files. So that's what makes it somewhat familiar to me, but I couldn't actually really do any, you know, real work with it. But it's very interesting. And, you know, for those people who are interested in developing against a against their, their satellite um, infrastructure, then the API is definitely the first step in that direction. So I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes. 
So moving on, uh, looks like Ethereum tried to hard fork on January 16th, I believe it is. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's been mentioned all around um, if, if you've been paying attention to the news, well, at least crypto news. So the, uh, the hard fork failed because there was a quote-unquote long-standing bug. Supposedly this, this bug was known, but for some reason halted the, the hard fork at, at the last minute six hours before it was about to go so that that's kind of strange anyways i you know i don't either way i i have no real uh you know like or dislike for ethereum i i find ethereum to be a essentially a testing platform for tests and you know the real big innovations that do end up coming out of the ethereum platform i believe if they are truly worth it i, I think that they're going to get ported onto on, onto btc but uh anyways that that's just my opinion um, so yeah, I guess they uh, are planning now. They they kind of have no choice, if I'm not mistaken. From what I understood, they kind of have this kind of time bomb now, where they they kind of have no choice but to implement this hard fork at some point in the very near future. So look for that again to uh, to come about for Ethereum sooner than later. And I actually uh, just just moving on now from Ethereum. I actually want to give another mention, even though I I did give a mention and I did a small analysis about BlueWallet.io in a previous episode. Um, I believe it was episode one for season two. But either way, for the people that are wanting to get into Bitcoin and wanting to get into Lightning and using Lightning wallets, these guys are really. I mean, they are doing tons of bug fixes. They're adding all kinds of features to this wallet. It's a really, really easy interface to use. So I strongly suggest, you know, anybody that wants to get into, you know, that wants to get into using the Lightning Network and getting more familiar with it, BlueWallet.io is a very, very easy way to uh, to get started with Lightning. Oh, and uh, actually moving on to uh, some mining-related information. Um, I had mentioned in the past HoneyMiner, uh, which is a really easy executable that you can use in on windows you could install this on some pretty you know junker well i shouldn't say junker machines but you know like uh, i3s i5s i7s with you know some pretty decent video cards and you can actually you know you can make some free well i shouldn't say free satoshis but you can mine some satoshis off of these machines and actually this week they just came out with an update they now have a linux version available for honey miner and supposedly the um the the payout on the on the mining activity from that software is supposed to be pretty good so for those people that want to you know try some an easy form of of mining and getting btc um definitely check out honey miner i'll post a link to them again in the uh, in the show notes because uh yeah they're i i think that they're actually adding to the diver, uh to the um essentially to the decentralization of um of mining activity because they're essentially making it possible again for those of us that you know can't afford really heavy-duty mining rigs to be able to install this software and you know be able to contribute to the ecosystem and essentially mine you know mine some shit coins and turn them into BTC, which is the the ultimate goal. So I'll be posting a link to them in the show notes. So moving on to a topic that isn't really you know, about investment or about learning about Bitcoin, but it has more to do with the social aspect of cryptocurrency and, and I guess, crypto community, but labels, um, such as um, if you don't have... So essentially, there's, there's a whole bunch of different labels, right? There's Bitcoin maximalists, there's Bitcoin minimalists, there's shitcoiners, 
there's no coiners. Um, there's, I guess altcoiners would be considered shitcoiners, but that's kind of debatable. Um, and then you have, you know, Bitcoin majorists, or I guess, I guess it's a majorist. Um, anyways, there's, there's all these, all these different labels and, or multi-coiners as well. Um, and it appears like, uh, there's, there's all these different kind of loose definitions. Of course, obviously a Bitcoin maximalist is, you know, a person who believes in Bitcoin, not just for the store of value, but pretty much that it's the only cryptocurrency, you know, worth discussing, worth holding, worth building upon and, and so forth. And that it will eventually be the only currency. Um, even if, even at a base layer, if it then supports other currencies on top of it, no matter what, in the end, it will be only Bitcoin. And I, I can definitely appreciate that point of view. And I, I think that I, I'd say that that is a large percentage of my view. And then, of course, th this is where th this is where you end up getting drafted into into other labels, right? Because if you believe that Bitcoin will be the majority, I guess you'd be a Bitcoin majorist. Um, but somebody else would refer to you, you know, a Bitcoin maximalist would refer to you as a uh, as a multi coiner at that point, because you believe that there will be other coins, other tokens besides besides Bitcoin. So I and, and I I still think that those people can still be um, can still have a certain degree of Bitcoin maximalism. So. It just it gets kind of um, it gets kind of confusing and it's it's really it's really interesting to see the dynamics because there's like let's say this week right um, for those people who have followed my podcast from the beginning you'll recall that you know last year I had mentioned Mimblewimble Grin um, and that that was going to be a coin that was going to come out and they they essentially did the same type of immaculate conception as Bitcoin or tried to emulate it as best possible. Um, and now, finally, this week, it is mineable, and you can go out. I'll put a link to the uh, to the Grin website on the uh, you know in the show notes, and you know essentially you had you know some some Bitcoin people that were perceived as Bitcoin maximalists, you know, and they they were now all of a sudden talking about Grin, and this this angered some people you know on on Twitter. And, and it was it, it was actually kind of interesting to see it play out because I, I understand the conflict. It's like, you know, you deep inside, you love Bitcoin and you love all its attributes. And it's it's almost like, you know, you you like it so much that you you get impressed with the whole space. Like like I'm impressed with the whole space. I'm impressed with all the technology. And sure, some of it is complete garbage. Most of it is going to disappear. And that's perfectly fine. That is part of how something grows, how something becomes um widely accepted like it goes through these phases like these competing competing that's a loose term these technologies that are attempting to create competition for bitcoin um this is what's going to help bitcoin grow if bitcoin was to sit there all by itself and have absolutely nothing at its heels why would we innovate what would be the point you know it's 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 almost like a requirement in order to help push it further. You know, this this just kind of adds that element to just ensure, hey, someone's always at your heels. Someone's always going to keep trying to make the next best thing. But to be honest, the next Bitcoin probably, or I should say the next type of technology that would be equivalent to what Bitcoin did 
is going to have to be a factor of 10x. So it's going to have to be 10 times better than Bitcoin. And we're not talking about something that's 10 times faster. That's not 10 times better. Okay, that 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 is just one element. We are talking about the whole deal the same way that Bitcoin essentially 10x is gold. You know, in the fact that it's easily transferred, it's easily divisible, um, it's more divisible, you can transport it across borders easier, um, there's a more predictable money supply for it, or I should say a more predictable inflation supply, so the monetary policy with Bitcoin is completely clear. So if you take a look at it, it's hitting gold on all these different elements of strength. So until another cryptocurrency can come along and actually not only beat Bitcoin in its properties, but be able to beat Bitcoin in its conception, then we're not going to have something that's going to take it over. Anyways, that's my whole big rant about uh, about all of this. And I kind of threw in some grin stuff and, you know, also a bit about the labels. So that's uh, that's pretty much going to do it for us uh, for today, uh, for this show. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And thank you again for the feedback. And like I said, I am going to be posting um, some information about my uh, my lightning node. And that is going to be coming up hopefully in the next, uh, I'd say in the, in the next two weeks. So maybe I'll give it another mention in the next show. So everybody be reckless, have fun, and keep learning. If you want to get in touch with me, my Twitter handle is at CoinIcarus. I'm on Twitter and Telegram. And I also have a Discord group, which is in the show notes. If you want to reach me by email, that's funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.